Back in 2016, the city scrapped a mandatory 17-day training course for taxi drivers. And this is because ride-sharing was entering the city. And they wanted to make it easier for ride-hailing companies to enter the market. Now the city is starting to look at updating those ride-sharing bylaws. And they're holding public consultations. My next guest, Cheryl Hawks, was at uh, one of these public consultations. She's an advocate and former journalist. Welcome to the show. It's good to have you on the show. Hi, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. Tell us why, and it's not a happy story, but why you are at these public consultations about the ride-sharing bylaws. Well, I was aware of the the turnabout in 2016, and I just read it like anybody else. And I was kind of like, oh, that's not so great. But I didn't really sort of think about it in terms of my own life. But um, on March 21st, uh, 2018, my son Nicholas Cameron and his girlfriend were taking a, um, an Uber to the airport, and um, there was a crash. Uh, the Uber driver had lost his phone on the floor of the car. It was very, um, you know, directionally challenged. Drove east till the kids got him going west, and um, dropped his phone. Stopped partially in the wide lane of traffic, and then yanked the car back into the path of a BMW. Mm-hmm. So my son was my 20. Eight-year-old son was killed in this crash, and shortly after that, the CEO of Uber, the new guy, uh, Shahi, started running these commercials about how safety was at the heart of everything they do at Uber. And I just thought it just got up my nose, and I just like I thought, wait a minute, like how so? And that's where I started. Um, and I made a presentation to municipal licensing and standards, calling for safety training. I wasn't aware that there was no training. Um, and uh, and sort of it spiraled since then. How angry were you, were you when you found out that there's oh. no training necessary? Anyone can hop in their car, you, me, anybody, and just start taking fares. You can be a Uber driver or a Lyft driver or whatever in four minutes. They time, the Fifth Estate did a documentary about this whole thing in safety, and they went to London and talked to people everywhere. Um, the other thing that I found out in the early days was when I approached victim services or whoever's going to guide me through the court system, because the driver was originally criminally charged, they sort of said, well, we know about sexual assaults in rideshare. Like, you know, there's lots of that. That's rampant. And I said, how, what? So they kind of like, it's sort of like under the radar that, you know, this kind of thing is happening. And, and you say, wait a minute, this is not safe. And bottom line, all those little in-app uh, gizmos, like, you know, if you're in an accident, you can call 911 from your phone and uh, in an Uber. Uh, well, if you're dead, that's kind of like not possible. So it just kind of, you know, it kind of built and built. And uh, it seemed like safety training was the only, you know, the, the sort of the first step. And then it became really obvious that safety, like, like that one thing that they won't give up, they'll talk about everything. They'll look at their shoes when you're asking them about safety training. And I have been in a room with the head of global safety for Uber, whose email I still don't have and who still hasn't contacted anybody in Toronto about safety. Um, and uh, some lobby, one of the lobbyists and the GM for Canada, Rob Kazam. So I've been in a room with Dara Kazushahi and you, You've never seen shuffling like you've seen shuffling with these people. Do you think they they're frightened of, of, in your own personal point of view, do you think they're frightened of safety training and that becoming something that will be mandatory for Uber and Lyft drivers because then they might be on the hook if, if someone like your son um, is killed in the back of an uh, Uber vehicle that they that has passed the training uh, in the future? 
Well, you know, I think that they're on the hook anyway. I mean, there's, you know, there's all sorts of wrongful death suits floating around. There's all sorts of lawsuits of people that have been injured in these cars. Um, there was a 32-year-old woman killed on 401. She was in an Uber. They haven't been any charges. This was like June 7, June 8. Um, but, you know, until you can put a face on it, and mixed faces on this situation. So their business model is very dependent on just crushing the competition, crushing everything, having a, a ride, a drive at your door within like as short a period as possible. And, you know, there's currently more than 90,000 rideshare um, licenses issued. And you know, and you know, it it works, Cheryl, because uh, we know it works. Uh, because the other day, and I'm, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, but I I think it's important to be forthcoming. I was with a friend, and we were you know going to a restaurant out, out to eat in the city, and I said, okay, I'll get the Uber there. You get the Uber back, and I I called for the Uber, and she said, oh, I'm not feeling very comfortable about the Uber because um, you've heard of. Uh, yeah. Uh, a fellow named Nicholas Cameron who passed away on the, on the gardener because of an Uber driver that was, you know, unsafe. And we still took the Uber. And so your goal is not to vilify or change the whole ride sharing. Your goal is to mandate safety within those vehicles because you don't really have a grudge with the whole idea of ride sharing. It's the idea that we're not looking at it safely and they are not um, taking this uh, seriously. They're responsible for shuttling people and keeping people safe. And you know what? The drivers... Um, the drivers are as keen to, you know, for the most part, a lot of the drivers, they'd like some safety training. They'd like to be safe in their own vehicles. They'd like to not be responsible for somebody dying in the backseat of their car. And they would like caps on the number of ride-sharing vehicles that are permitted in the city. Let's, and New York City has already done this. Let's talk about what's going on right now in City Hall, because I understand that you were the only person at this public consultation, the only member of the public. Were you shocked yesterday? Um, well, I didn't, um, I, was I shocked about... That you were the only person, the only member of the public who took up a seat in the audience? Um, that was in September. Oh, it was in September. Okay, I thought it was yeah, yesterday. It was I wasn't really the only, yeah, I was kind of the only person. Well, there was, was a couple of people that were, were over there, but it was, I was shocked that it was so sparsely attended. Um, but you know what? You don't care about, like, I have... I have um, a vested, I have an interest in this just because I know that it just doesn't seem right. And it's something I can take on because I know um, what happened to my son is, uh, shouldn't happen to anybody else. You know, they have this five-star rating and they sent Nick um, in his inbox 30 minutes after he was killed. They wanted to know, they asked him to rate his uh, driving, his experience with um, the driver. And possibly leave a tip. So, you know, the whole five-star, four-star, two-star thing doesn't work. It only works for Uber to control the drivers. And the drivers are like, this is like people who make less than minimum wage overall after they count in their expenses and all the rest of it. Some are doing well. They're okay. And they get hauled out as sort of the the poster boys and girls for, you know, like the drive sharing is a really great way to make money. But, you know, when people are dependent on this for an income, it's no income. It's, you know. Go to Costco and be a, like you, if you can, you know, it's really hard to, you know, get a job in any other service industry. McDonald has employees. They just don't want employees. They don't want to be responsible for anybody. And it's like cannon fodder. There's a terrible turnover in, in, uh, in these rideshare companies. So, Cheryl, do you think that um, 
when you we talk about the city looking at bylaws and the possibility of, of passing mandatory training, what exactly would you like that to look like? Is it uh, classroom training? How many hours? What, what are your hopes that will come out of these consultations? Well, there's a very, I mean, I think they have to firm up the details and put it over and, you know, put this to a vote in council, full council in September, not try to slide this through in September, because there's a lot of room for lobbying here. And if you figure, you know, Uber is already, you know, they're already making, because you can see it's um, transparent, you know, you can find out who's phoning and emailing and who they are and what the, because they have to register as lobbyists. But it has to be, there's a very good course at Centennial College called Taxi 100 right now, which could be modeled on it, but you at least have to have some kind of driver testing you know, put the driver behind the wheel of the car and see if he can drive around the pile. He or she can drive around the pylons. And you know, in this taxi 100 course that people are free to take, and one cab company insists that everybody take if they're going to drive. Um, people have failed that course based on just the driving part of it. The defensive driving, they they just tune, they should not be behind the wheel of a car driving the public places. What are ride sharing companies saying? Because they're at, Uber and Lyft are, are present at these. Uh these consultations what did you hear from them at city hall um i uh, you know they approached me in march they wanted to have a meeting with me to talk about my ideas for safety and it was all smiley and we went into the room and it was like an hour and a half of not talking about safety training it was an hour and a half of not talking about caps like you could it was like swinging a cat around and just kind of kicking a can from one corner of the room to the other. And they had this woman who was the head of global safety who contributed nothing except that she does have a PhD, she told us, and she started talking about modeling and qualitative analysis. And then she gave her card to the expert that I brought with me, the woman who runs all the safety training at Centennial College, and never called her back. So she was just wheeled in as a prop. So they, they want to tell you they really care about safety, but when you say, well, what were you guys thinking when you sort of unleashed all these, you know, everybody's, you know, everybody and their uncle to be a professional driver and drive people? Like, did you not think that maybe you should be providing a, like, just a Cheryl, you brought up the idea of professional, and I don't have much time, but, in, like, because no. I'm up against a clock here, but. Yeah, I'm motor mouthing. No, no. Hey, listen, this is important to you, and I get it. You lost your son. It's, I mean, I don't think anybody uh, is, is going to st- think that you're going on too much. This is um, something you're passionate about. But yesterday I was talking about what makes a professional driver. In your opinion, just if you drive and you make money, is that a professional driver? Well, to me, if you're taking money from people to drive them from A to B, then you are opening your door to the general public and you don't know what's going to get in. And you also, you know, it's, you know, when, when your children are in the back seat and they're fighting or doing something crazy, you can sort of control your family. You know, you can say, all right, everybody be quiet because I can't focus. But, you know, this is, some people are out there to put, just to make money. And it's, um, it's. I think if you take money from people to drive them, it's a service you're providing. If you're a service provider, you should have some kind of training, just a course. Cheryl, I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. All right, thanks. Cheers. Bye. That's Cheryl Hawk. She's an advocate and the mother of Nicholas Cameron, who lost his life on the uh, Gardner Expressway in the back of an Uber.